evoking magic of the everyday wonderment of life and death, one bitch at a time. Step inside, bewitch seance. Episode Bleeding Moon. Parte dos. It worked, yay. Yay. You know, it's been sort of back and forth with um, all the things, but I really appreciate (laughs) you being able to be here and, yeah, being able to hear your voice. I can tell you a little bit about, um, a little bit about the episode itself, being a woman, being Catholic, and being a thespian it's kind of been something that follows me throughout from like a young age that i i really remember and sort of not being able to make the parallels between you know the the holiness and the sacredness of the of the blood of christ and making Mm -hmm. a communion with that um and then sort of having the idea of my own blood and my own cycle being shunned and uh, being recoiled at and not understanding why somebody's blood, especially like the blood that we're drinking from in the chalice and then <laughs> being able to, you know, later understand my body as a chalice in the process of life and Absolutely. death and so on and so forth. It's like, um, okay, who the fuck is taking away this very blatant like magic um, being able to later understand and see how blood being a conductor and through a dithyram there's a sacredness in blood this deep 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 connection that we have to it and the understanding that we have that it opens up other portals it opens up veils it opens up realms in order for us to commune um, with that outside of the physical world, outside of ourselves. And so the idea of A, being a woman, B, bleeding, and then um, being shamed into the, you know, into the fact that you bleed. Um, and then also being told that, like, your blood is not sacred. Because I feel like as women, we all go through the process of having to deconstruct well, depending, you know, depending what fucking Bruja brought us up, we get to deconstruct the process of what the fuck the cycle means for us, how we, how our relationship to it. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been a process. It's been from like tampons to tampons to cup to like, ew, to like, let's do it, <laughs> you know? So it's like, oh, here it is. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like that's what it feels like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed and, to hiding it. <laughs> yeah, and and the beauty that it's like, I yeah, I I want to be able to bring in the the conversation, not just around women, like the first first and foremost, because like the blood is coming out of our pussies. But yeah. secondly, the people that we share our lives with, you know, because regardless of whether who's bleeding or not there there's a rhythm that other people pick up when you are on your cycle there's a rhythm and there's also like a 
there there's um a lack of of compassion when it comes to our cycle and because the magic's been taken away it's like okay well if we trace it back and we can see the fucking domino effect of why we are where we are but how do we start healing that i was curious to know of um like a tale your tale your personal tale Mm -hmm. of finding magic in your bleeding moon um because I also think it's really important for women to very similar to like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. civil rights, like voting, like all this shit we all gotta go through. This is this is one of them where I'm like, there are women have never been told about any mm-hmm. form of like any form of anything when it comes to their their cycle they don't even have like there's zero connection to it other than like you bleed and you have babies the end yeah um if, and so, if so i mean yeah, if, yeah, yeah. exactly yes yes yeah so um, in brazil as well it's the same thing so <sighs> to me it has been very very uh transformative and I I feel really lucky, I mean, it feels weird to say that, but I feel really lucky that uh, my story with uh, Moonblood um, didn't begin with shame. It's very important to say. Um, Mm -hmm. Only a few years after I was still bleeding, I, you know, talking to other girls, I realized that, you know, most of them were ashamed of their blood um you know when i was like just really proud of you know having become like a little maiden woman you know <laughs> uh we call it virar <laughs> mocinha um so the first time that i bled i was um i was really anxious uh in a in a good way i was i was um I was looking forward to seeing the the first blood, you know, in my in my underwear. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, uh, and then I ran to my mom and said, "Look, mommy, mommy, I'm a maiden now, you know, um, a menarch, I guess I would call it today." Um, and I was so proud, and it feels like she was um she was going to say something different and then she said she saw how i was experiencing that and then she just said like oh that's amazing <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was really important because i heard many women telling that the um, their mom's you know response to their bleeding was you know welcome to hell or (laughs) you know like okay so now (laughs) you're gonna you know have to go through this every month sorry you know (laughs) um so i i didn't have uh i didn't have to deconstruct that wound you know and i feel really lucky because of that but it feels important to say that uh that's not the most common experience with your first blood right mm-hmm. uh, still mm-hmm. to this day um nowadays there's there are these um tiny you know uh manarch boxes 
that some moms give to their daughters um, that have like a reusable, um, you know, cloth, uh, how do you call it, pads, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, little herbs that you can do like some potions and magic to feel better in your period time. Mm. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, we couldn't even think about, you know, the existence of that back then, <laughs> right? Yeah, what the fuck? Right? And it feels so obvious, you know, nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to express is that, um, it's it's possible to have a first uh, a first moon blood experience that is positive, and mm -hmm. I feel like this is a very deep uh, revolution, you know. And then we can um, start, you know, as you know, with our daughters, with uh, the little girls that we live with, you know, or. Or maybe girls that already have a negative experience with the moon blood, but then we can bring on the positive side, and it's like a little flame that can awaken in them. Like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. it's not so bad, <laughs> right? At least. Mm -hmm. um, and I was sort of initiated into this path. Uh, without really realizing that I was being initiated. Um, when I felt the call to go to London and, you know, when I met you and when suddenly I was, you know, I, I had every full moon and every new moon, I had a women's circle mm -hmm. and <laughs> suddenly I was doing blood magic with, you know, a bunch of sisters and... I, I never imagined that I was going to do that. You know, it was a whole universe that opened up for me. Um, and the whole, the whole idea of living according to the moon time, that was fascinating to me. That has always been fascinating <laughs> yeah. to me because that revolutionized everything to me because... I was never good with the clock time, right? Or the, um, or the, how do you call it? Like the Gregorian calendar thing time. Mm -hmm. um, and to me to follow the time of the moon instead of, you know, some kind of external, you know, mathematical made up thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like so like so much more sense to me. Um and then I realized that my body was this water temple, you know, that the moon was dancing with it through the waters of my womb. <laughs> and once I actually realized that in my body, then everything changed. And, right, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, of course, like, <laughs> yeah. of course I'm a different person than I was before that experience, but it's, <laughs> it feels like it's, it's almost futile to say, to say those words 
um, it was almost futile to say those words before having this experience. You know, having this experience and um, to bear a child inside of my body were, you know, the whole, the two pinnacles, I guess, of this revolution. And, mm-hmm. and once again, like to, to go through this experience in a different way than society was telling me to do them, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, bleeding, bleeding with joy, <laughs> bleeding with joy mm-hmm. and being really happy when my moon time came through and to allow myself time to be with it and to make rituals with it and to yeah be in sisterhood in that time and to worship earth and my body and whatever we're made of you know like be stars or <laughs> or earth um mm-hmm. and in the um, in the pregnancy period uh allowing myself to not like it <laughs> um because you know people tell you that you have to be really joyful in your pregnancy so it's kind of this these two opposites do you, do you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. um yeah that and they're both um you know kind of new moon and full moon and being only with the experience of bearing life inside of me in the pregnancy time as opposed to having this you know floor you know flowery idea of oh i'm gonna be a mom i'm gonna you know fulfill my woman destiny you know (laughs) that kind of thing um Mm -hmm. and the same thing with childbirth um i don't think i told you this but when i was giving birth um in the in the few like last few hours um when she was actually coming out i felt in my body that I was like cracked open and this beam of light was actually like freaking you know tearing me apart um not in a dramatic way like not in a suffering way like in a very like light bearing situation you know like I was actually Mm -hmm. felt I actually felt flooded with light and that light was actually coming through me, you know? And that was the most sacred experience I've ever, you know, I ever felt in my body. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter that things um, turn out to be very difficult after childbirth. Um, comparing to, what I experienced, that like it actually felt like taking ayahuasca without the ayahuasca, you know? It actually felt, sure. yeah, yeah, it actually <laughs> felt like I was 
shown the truth and mm. the truth is that that i am this chalice you know we we are all these chalice this chalice of of light of of life of whatever the fuck this is you know and yeah. <laughs> and that power you know to realize that you like that that is not outside of you 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 actually it's not like you hold that power but that power is in you mm -hmm. after experiencing that you know beyond the um, the flowery flowery words and actually in your body there's nothing anyone can you know tell me that will ever uh let me believe that i am small you know that i cannot do this or that that you know i have my limitations of course but i am aware of them as i am aware of you know the the skin in my body that is like this this contour this limitation right but mm -hmm. it's just the physical limitation <laughs> and i guess moon blood is this kind of physical elixir almost that can serve as a remembrance of all of that you know because um because yeah anyone can tell themselves okay i'm a light bearer you know i am i am this you know the same thing i am love you know i am light i am um the same matter as god or you know anything in the in in the universe in the world but to actually have this elixir that comes out of your body every month is yeah. i mean it's almost it's almost a cheat thing like it's almost um you know god is almost cheating you know <laughs> it's like telling <laughs> like giving us a clue like every month like hey <laughs> you know tap, tap in bitch <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know uh that's what kind of came through right now <laughs> what are the relations that you can see between you and your mom the way that she kind of navigated with you that journey and maybe the things that like you want to take from from that experience with your mom and also the things that you want to uh sort of cultivate and tend to with your daughter with my mom um she she stopped bleeding very early um mm -hmm. so i mean sure she knows she knows that i really like to bleed <laughs> and she knows that you know i i do something with my moon blood but um she doesn't really understand it and i don't i don't okay. think she will maybe um well i'm gonna keep doing my thing and i'm gonna keep you know telling her about the things but i i really don't think 
is um, there's a there's a very big gap, you know, uh, of understanding. Mm -hmm. um, so what I, what I can tell you is that uh, everything that I I want to pass on to my daughter, um, it's it's about the things that I that I was shown in this path uh like the blood rituals the uh using crystals using her, like specific herbs uh being in the moonlight and giving your blood to the earth and all of those things but um none of that would be possible or or you know all of that would be much more difficult if my mom didn't have that open attitude, you know, towards that first bleed. So I feel like that's what I'm gonna pass on, you know? Um, yeah. And obviously like if I get too enthusiastic about the blood, maybe she will, <laughs> think, you know, my daughter will think that this is too crazy or, you know, or maybe, you know, we'll yeah. live in a society or in which uh, that would be like, I was, I would, gonna, I, I would say all of those things to her and she was like, yeah, duh, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> let's yeah. hope so. Obviously, mom. <laughs> let's hope so, but yeah, um, we're working, yeah. working through it. <laughs> working to, yeah, we're working we were working to be obsolete, right? In the future, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New fucking right? toys. Yeah. The things that we're sort of uh, maybe squeamish about or find a lot of sensitivity mm -hmm. around, it's, it's because there, there's something to be looked at there and like healing to be done. And I think that's a lot of the times I don't know that because there's so much shame yeah. that's been created around the idea of our blood and our bleeding. Um, there aren't spaces, you know, unless you go to like festivals, you know, that you, mm -hmm. or rainbow gatherings or um, sort of counterculture mm -hmm. uh, frame frameworks. You're you're not going to be able to find as openly and as commonly spaces where you can go and go through the process of like, what does it actually mean to find a repulsion again, like towards your own body, towards your own blood, towards like, what, what is that? What is the, what is the pain that we need to like go into in order to heal that? And I think that's one of the things that, um, yeah, like I, it would have been really, I would have really enjoyed a conversation um, with my mm. mom around that because I know she, she, there was, and that's something I feel really grateful for too. Like there wasn't shame mm. from her, but more like shame yeah. from society. And it wasn't like, she wasn't open to not talking about it, but it was just kind of like, well, you know, this is what it is. And this is just kind yeah, of how we yeah. deal with it. But again, there was no, there's no curiosity on her end for like, but like, why, why is this being yeah. shamed? And, and what is behind that shame? And like, you know, and so 
it, it, I would have really, really enjoyed sort of touching on it with her because, I mean, no mames. She knew mm -hmm. it era bruja, regardless of whether she wanted to step into her magic or not. But that's something that I'm like, man, mom, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Like, let's let's talk about it, bitch. Like, why are we talking so, about this? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, porque no estamos, why aren't we talking about this with our moms, with our abuelitas? I mean, that's how we do it, right? Your mom sees you because we all have to go through our own process and our own journey and our own healing. And then just like, how do we bring up the topic of blood with the women that we feel closest to, you know? Mm -hmm. And in the process of like bringing it up in order to heal together in order to like accompany the me too movement where it doesn't turn into like a, a it doesn't turn into this like really weird dark game of like blaming right. everything and everyone but also like hey what does it look like to take accountability and show up in that pain and like hold each other in that? <laughs> i don't know but i guess this is the start of it right <laughs> this is how we <laughs> we talk to each other across the world and um and and sort of find ways yeah. the the whole thing is that we are you know co-creating a culture and we didn't have any reference yeah. um to mm. like in a sense of living as a mature human on earth you know we only had mm. references of you know how can i live my life you know, without taking responsibility for anything as much as I can, <laughs> you know, and being, being in a personal, um, like in a personal life or, you know, environment or politics or, you know, you name it. Like when I, when I heard that, um, comparison for, for the first time, I, I realized that I always asked myself this question, but I didn't, like no one was was gonna give me an answer, so I didn't really um, continued asking. Which is, um, we as a society, like Western society, is has like this fetish for war blood, and mm. you know when it comes to moon blood, people have a version. <laughs> So, I mean, if you look at this, like, like if you actually take this into account, you can see how insane that is. Like, like not even someone that, you know, has a special connection to Moonblood, just it, like, how can you not have a version towards Warblood? You know what I mean? Like, how can you not find it horrible when someone... Or, or even here in Brazil, like when someone in the favelas is shot every day. I mean, I don't, I don't remember the the data of it, but definitely, like a few, like every few hours, someone is shot. You know, and no one really gives a shit about that blood. You know, um, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to bring that up because I feel I feel a certain grief towards that um, that fact, like how 
how our society is built. And I feel like cultivating a relationship with your blood is something that changed that perspective as well, like within you. Uh, when you when you stop using disposable tampons and pads and start um, to actually look at your blood and feel feel your blood and smell your blood, um, even if you don't do anything with it, uh, it just changes the perspective. Changes the perspective because you know it's. It's a different blood than the war blood that we're used to to seeing. Yes, the war, the war blood, and I think that's I I love that because I I talk about how um, losing the disconnect of you know and of blood and how blood opens yeah. up like ritual when the moon connects to our dreams and um, as as long as as well as when we're on our flow. And so I, I find it really fascinating that that the war blood, that sort of like the disconnect of, for for the for the masculine energy of what we knew and what connected mm -hmm. us deeply mm -hmm. to blood and, and the hunting process and the acknowledgement and reverence of that has been lost and mm -hmm. within war, you know, and it's like it's it's like hunting for human and it's so fucking it's it's so darkly twisted how like we've we've come to the point of like not being able to even just like we disrespect our own blood therefore we disrespect all the other blood and then not even being able to hold space for the woman mm -hmm. that bleeds monthly you know um to hold space for her power to come through for that divinity to really like you were sharing you know that that light um that light that we regardless of whether we have the ability to birth it into a physical form or to birth it into a dream form in mm -hmm. the astral we have that ability um and i just find it absolutely fascinating and um it i mean fascinating saddening and hallelujah moment where I'm like, damn, I wish I had that growing up, but also I'm fucking so grateful that, um, you know, like you said, all of the which ways where the heart has led has opened up the opportunities to explore this, to explore this in a way that I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, yes. I knew this made sense. I knew it made sense. And I knew there were <laughs> out there. And so it's fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I I think that also the more like men start going through their process of what does it mean to heal their bloodline, you know, like their blood within themselves. What does it mean? Like when you bleed, what is your reference and mm. reverence to blood? Um, yeah, and I hope that maybe like through that, then eventually we can get back to the spaces where when you're bleeding, you have a temple to bleed in and to hold visions in and to sort of, you know, have your power and have it, have the power be held and supported and validated. Um, oh, that's, that's something where I'm like, oh, yay. I just picturing 
picturing your daughter along with like all of these other yes. magical beings and then like you said you know it just being commonplace like I can't believe you guys used I to can't like wait to hear that <laughs> phrase I can't yeah. wait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to I can't wait to realize um you know I can't wait to hear them tell me you know what what things that i that i you know inject like projected as natural um they were they're gonna open my eyes to see like to say like oh this is absurd you know what you used to do and then to have the opportunity through their to their eyes of doing differently and you know reconnect with other things that i'm that i'm not even aware right now you know i have i have full um it's not even faith like i have like full like almost guarantee <laughs> that this generation is gonna you know like crackers open and um take all our armors and show us ways we are we are being incoherent yeah so yeah yeah i can't wait to yes. have that help <laughs> uh, and i'm working uh as a as a parent you know like i'm working for this future to be built um but you know it's it's funny that you mentioned hunting because i like it connects me a lot with the um, the study that I have with uh, goddess Artemis, um, the Greek goddess, mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. she's a hunting yes. goddess, but it's it's very different mm -hmm. uh, than the the image of the you know the hunter with the with the sniper gun and um, you know kind of observing uh, how like like when when he can shoot uh, a lion a lion or a rhinoceros to um you know show off uh the the rhino's head in the, <laughs> in his living room or whatever you know um <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, the whole relationship to hunting that has been lost um not lost because of course a lot of native peoples um still cultivate that but um in our mass yeah yeah so in our mass mass media culture um how has how that has been twisted and i have that image of artemis uh hunting in communion with the animals in communion with uh, the whole web of life that she is integrated with, and the um, the level of gratitude. Um, level of gratitude towards uh, the earth that, um, at the same time, uh, brings like. Um, cultivates uh, opportunities for her to be fed and how she can how she can cultivate 
uh, a good relationship with Earth as well um, for that land to mm-hmm. be well taken care of and uh, all of that cycle. Um, and she's a goddess um, of the monarchs and of the women's circles and um, and also of births. So it feels everything feels connected in that way. I didn't I didn't I hadn't thought about the hunting connection until you you said so. I, I feel like it comes hand in hand, you know, the the lessons with the tending of the earth. It's sort of like the symbiosis of as you're healing her, exactly, she yeah. begins to heal you and yeah, the the being able to start going through the process of being on the land in a way that I've never been before. And, and then also feeling how like, yeah, there's this also this deep, deep healing, obviously that we're all going through, you know, take two, we're all quarantined again and we don't know how to tend to our own bloodline, yeah. you know, our own blood, our own lifeline that holds us. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I just I love the fact that there's people <laughs> like you existing and that you have someone to be able yeah. to like share all of this bountiful love and information with. Uh yeah. <laughs> I oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, that's so exciting. I know. That's so exciting. Do you have your like your favorite rituals that you really enjoy doing during your cycle that you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to share this with my daughter? I, I don't I don't know if there's like a, a specific ritual, but definitely the idea of uh, doing ritual with my moon blood and with water, um, and. Mm-hmm. Both in both rituals, I um, or you know, be it in the new moon or actually the the black moon. I do it in black moon because I usually um bleed in the black moon, um, like between you know right that between um, how do you say it? Mean one to uh, way wany yeah between waning moon and new moon, the, the three days before the new moon. Um, so okay, that is when the moon is on its um, darkest time. It's the time that I feel the most connected with because um, to me, it's always really, really important to go deep in your shadows and do shadow work. And to me, that means shut the fuck up, you know, and just listen to what my body is telling me. Uh, So almost um, to just sit and be, you know, um, by a water body mostly. So here I have the river, but also the, the ocean that is right next to the river. So I can hear the ocean whilst I am doing ritual in by the river. So it's amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, with the moon right on top of my head. So um, yeah. And in the new moon, you can actually, you know, see all the stars 
right? Because there's no moonlight to to shine them. So you're basically with yourself in silence, looking at the stars, looking at the water bodies, listening to them, listening to you. And it's um, it's an opportunity to have like a reset. Um, and the moon blood serves as this um, uh, device almost um, that can bring you awareness of how life is always renewing itself and to feel its texture, to um, to smell it, to um, uh, paint yourself with it, to um, clean your uh, inner crown chakra or your third eye or your heart. Um, the most, just the ability to uh, be able to be attentive and to see what what the body is telling you to do. So maybe um, maybe I'm getting a message that I I need to put uh, some moon blood in my in my in my heart chakra and I don't even know why. And then around the full moon, I'm gonna have an idea why I did that. You know, if I if I sit down and then mm -hmm. I, I trace back, I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, so just mm -hmm. to just to believe that you can you can follow the body's instructions and it doesn't have to make sense. The archetype that that rules it is the archetype of giving permission to be to not be rational. It's not even what you do in the ritual. It's just the ability to to be wild, <laughs> the ability to break patterns and to feel to feel void and to listen to your inner waters. And by the full moon time, then to ask yourself. Uh, well, this that is happening now, does it have any connection with the messages I, I got in the new moon? And and then you're you are in the inner uh, energy to to say, okay, so now what do I have to bring in uh, as an action uh, for that intention to be manifested? as she grows up, I want to just let her know that she can do this because that's the most important part, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're used to just looking at the moon and as, um, and just kind of like, oh, the moon, so amazing. You know, all oh, the stars, oh, there, <laughs> there are more stars tonight. There are less stars tonight. Or you know the the tides are are you know are this and that, but to actually realize that you are part of it, and um, 
in a certain time you are you have more potential to to intend in a certain way or to act in a certain way that is very um i don't want to say the word empowering <laughs> because that's that's an ambiguous word but um it is it is that um <laughs> but it is in a sense that you you can realize the power that you already hold i i said a lot of things but it's just really simple <laughs> i don't know if you i don't know if you're looking for like this formula <laughs> of a ritual but <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the formula is what you do right that's uh, it. the how that you look up to for your daughter to have the ability to be like exactly wow, this is how you hold space for yourself yeah this is a reverence that you give your blood um yeah regardless of whether you know because she's going to go through her own exploration you have an example but, right yeah. wow 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 yeah. Uh, yeah i would love for you to uh <laughs> to um to get a card for me is that okay i i even have a tar tarot okay. deck here but yeah of course i don't know i just felt like yeah mm-hmm and then I'll connect with mine here. I'll take it out. And mm -hmm. and you can ask um, a question if you like while I shuffle. Wow. The Queen of Swords. And it is facing... It's like it's facing you. So if I were to pull it, um, yeah, she's facing you. The Lady of Revenge, difficult character, sterility, rancor, and loss. Yeah, I'm I'm reading about her. Like I, I took her. Um, like she appeared to me in other, um, in other tarot cards but um mm -hmm. it's, it's basically it's basically about uh like piercing honesty right yeah she seems to be very relevant with everything that we brought up today and sort of journeyed through and i like how she's holding the sword similar to the energy mm -hmm. of artemis that goddess we spoke about because it's that mm. it's that um, mm -hmm. focus. Because it's not it's not really war. Is uh, is that kind of gut um, fighting, dr like life drive, life drive. Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time. Mwah. Have a beautiful day. Mwah. Until our next spiraling Sunday, stay fucking weird, bitches.